Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And I want to actually take a, a quick detour from uh, our series called Encounters. We'll pick that up again next weekend. Uh, you know, here we are Thanksgiving, and I was thinking about family uh, and I know with all the, extri- the restrictions and, you know, uh, some of our Thanksgiving plans have been changed all of a sudden. And, uh, and not, not many of us are very happy about it. But it is what it is. And we keep rolling on. And I got thinking about family and I thought about sharing with you a thought about having each other's back. And so I want to read this passage out of Ecclesiastes chapter 4. King Solomon, as he's lamenting about life, he says this, I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of the man who is all alone, without a child or without a brother, and yet he works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure right now? It is all too meaningless and depressing. And then he says this, he goes, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying down close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but, but two, well, two can stand back to back and conquer Three or even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Uh, you know, I, like I said earlier, we were talking about like, you know, Thanksgiving and family. And, you know, when you get together with family, whether it's at Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know, I can't believe we're already at Thanksgiving before you know we're at Christmas. And, and one of the cool things or one of the best things, one of my favorite memories, I'm sure it's the same thing for you, is getting together with your family. And having meals together and laughing and joking and, you know, at Christmas time you're showing off, you know, what you got for Christmas. Everybody wears what they got for Christmas and they go to Christmas dinner and, you know, and your kids bring their toys and whatever. And there's something about being around family that just reminds us that there are some people, no matter what we face in life, you know that they've got your back. You know that they're watching you, that they, you know, that they're, 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 if you go through something, you go through struggle, you go through a trial, you know that no matter who else in life bails on you, no matter how bad things are at work, you know, going on at work, or, you know, trials or struggles that you might be facing, you know that this group of people, they've got your back. They're there to support you and encourage you. And how many family gatherings have I gotten to where people would ask me how I'm going through or, or what I'm going through or what's going on. And I share and they're like, man, we got your back. Craig, you're doing a great job. You know, whatever it might be. I remember a few years ago, uh, I, my, my youth pastor that we had on staff had, um, his dad was able to score us some uh, opening day Blue Jay tickets. And I believe it's the year, if I'm not mistaken, I remember R.A. Dickey was pitching, but I think that was the year that we actually picked up R.A. Dickey uh, to be, and it was a huge trade, and the, the city just went wild, and everyone was excited about this new season with the Jays, and this is going to be the one, and you know, we, and so myself and my youth pastor and a couple other pastors in the area, we got together, we went down, and man, we were on, you know, the first base line, we were about 20, maybe 22 rows up, and, and, and man, it was just the best ever, and I mean, people came in, and they were excited. 
I mean, they were, they were already excited before they walked in. The place was just jam-packed with people. But there were a few people. And for some reason, they were all sitting around us that they came a little happier than a few others. You know, they decided to have some uh, pre-celebration drinks before they walked into the, uh, to the stadium. And so they were, you know, they were just a little excited more than everybody else. And so, and then of course they're sitting down in their seat and, and, and you know, they're, they're enjoying the game. And they're enjoying a few more drinks. And, you know, and, and it's just, and it's getting harder and harder to hear what, or watch what's going on because all you hear is all these, you know, shouting and loud comments and stuff that you're going, man, that makes no sense. This is a baseball game, not a hockey game, that kind of stuff, right? And, and I had this guy behind me, and you got to know me. Like, I, I can only handle things for so long. This is the reason why Cora doesn't let me talk to people from Bell or, you know, Kojiko or anything like that, because when things get really irritating, I have a hard time muzzling myself. Anybody else have that problem? You know, if you're on, yeah, see, there's a few hands up in here, and I'm sure there's a few people that get hands up at home. I'm sure there's a few spouses that are staring at their husbands right now. I'm just saying. But, you know, maybe there's a, there's a husband looking at his wife just so going, oh, that's you, you know. And, and so this guy behind me, he's just getting worse, like louder. They're just dumb comments. And he, and he leans right over. And he's right in my ear. Like, he's right here. And he's yelling stuff. And it's just, it's irritating me. And I'm like, man, I don't know how much more I can take this. And the guys that I'm with are watching it, and they're laughing at me. And I'm like, guys, you don't understand, man. I have to move seats. If this keeps going, I'm going to say something, and that's not going to be good for us. And they're like, no, you won't, man. You won't. I'm like, trust me. I will say something. It will hit that level. Well, sure enough, it hit the level. And this guy is just, like, he's just going to town, and it's loud. And it's just, I, I just find, I said, bro, listen, do you mind, like, personal space, man? Like, I know we're at the game. I know you're having fun. I'm, cheer all you want. It's awesome. But man, do you mind? Can you just chill out a little bit and like just not in my ear? Like stand up and yell, that's fine. But just you're leaning over, you're right in my ear, man. Please just, can you stop doing that? And the guy goes, he doesn't say anything, he just kind of sits back. Hmm. And I thought, okay, that's it. I can enjoy the game. It's all good. And about two innings later, after just now, now it's good. I'm enjoying the game, man. Like, you know, uh, it's quiet. Like, I can hear everybody else in the stadium, not just this one guy. And then finally, about two sections over, this fight breaks out in, the, in Rogers Center. And, and the police come flying in. And, and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, as I'm looking over here, this, this head just goes up beside me again. And the guy whispers in my ear, and he goes, in a couple of minutes. That's going to be me and you. What? All right. No, I did not say all right. I was like, uh, okay. And my first thought was, what am I going to do, man? Like, so I'm imagining in my mind, you know, if he takes a swing, you know, you know, no, I'm not, I'm just kidding. I'm a pastor. I don't do that stuff. But anyways, but, but in my mind, I'm like, how am I going to get out of this? And then I'm looking at the guys with me and I'm thinking, will these guys defend me or run? Or do they even have the muscles to handle an all-out brawl if this happens right here, right now with all of his buddies? Like, I'm looking at them going, I don't know, man. I don't think they've been working out very much. You know, like, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, actually, one of them was Brent, by the way. Brent was with us. Some of you guys from community have known Brent for years. Brent was with us. And I'm like, I don't know if these guys I got, I don't know if they got my back. Right? I think they got my back in the sense of, oh, yeah, man, we're with you. I think if a fight breaks out, they're going, oh, Craig, uh, sorry, man, we got to go. Like, you know, I got to leave, Right? 
And life can be like that, where you're wondering if someone, by the way, there was no fight that broke out. He ended up going down to the, he, he, I think he forgot about 30 seconds later and left. But anyways, a lot of times in life, and it's one of the best things about not just our family, but our church family, that I know, I'm confident that no matter what I walk through, that I don't have just my family, and it's not just my family that has my back, but it's my church family. And, you know, I was thinking about this, uh, and it grabbed my heart this week as we were, you know, approaching Thanksgiving, and I was looking at what I wanted to share about the Encounter series, and then, of course, you know, we get the announcement of the cases rising, and now Thanksgiving, and all, you know, you need to be with your, you know, immediate family, and no travel, and, you know, all the disappointment, and all the discouragement, and the frustration that people were sharing online, and, and all that kind of stuff, and I just started thinking about how this season of COVID, if there's anything that has really, and I mentioned this a few months ago, and I want to capitalize on this moment today, but, but I mentioned a few months ago that, that one of the things that COVID has done is that it has, has robbed us of connectedness, or at least it can rob us from connectedness. It can really put a dent in that sense of community. And if you've been a part of community church, you know that our desire is not just to be a church that is active and community engaged. We, we want that, but, but our tagline is, this is your place to belong. It's important to us. It's, it's high priority for us that this church would be about community, about a deep sense of community, a, be, a deep sense of belonging, that, that really we would be family to one another. And that we would know that no matter what we walk through and what we face, that we, we know that each other has our backs. And if there's anything that COVID has done to disrupt life is that it's made it challenging for us to be able to connect. Especially if you've, you know, if you've grown up in the church, you know what I'm talking about. It's like major withdrawals. Like, you know, the first few weeks is like, oh, well, I get to sleep in on a Sunday morning and I can have breakfast and watch, you know, watch PC, you know you know, pre-record a message and all that good stuff and whatever. And then as the, as the weeks went on, you, I don't know about you, but I had the sense of like, man, I, I, I'm getting tired of preaching in front of a camera. Like contrary to popular belief, I don't love having all these lights on me. I don't love being on the camera, you know. It, it's even harder when you have to pre-record and you're preaching to nobody, just you and a camera inside of a room. And, and, and you're doing all this stuff. And, and I was missing the connectedness. In fact, I, I shared that story about how, you know, I, I, I'm by nature very much an introvert. People don't necessarily know that about me. But that is by my nature. I, 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 that's how I recharge is when I chill out by myself and, and whatever. But the reality is, is that Though I thought I could handle COVID, the truth is that isolation was starting to bother me. And just being around people and knowing that I, you know, because the odd time you'll get a text and, you know, hey, Pastor Craig, man, that message really touched my heart. Or, hey, thanks for the team and what they're doing. But you don't get to see people's faces and the body language. And you don't get to see how, you just don't get to see them. And it was hard, and you know it, you, you experienced, you know what I'm talking about. And you know, even as we entered in this season, and, and opening the doors, and, 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 the, and you know, again, the reason why we stayed outside as long as we could, so you wouldn't have to wear masks, and now we're inside the building, we've got to wear masks, and, and you know, we could have just said, you know what, let's just close the doors, who cares? We'll just keep going online. The truth is, is that even though a mask is 
not the most comfortable thing to be wearing. I'd rather wear a mask and be in your presence than not wear a mask and be by myself. And, and if there's anything, and the challenge that God's, you know, God stirred in my heart Friday, I was in my, um, I was in my car, I was just worshiping on my way somewhere, I don't know where I was, and I was just worshiping and just thinking about today's message, and I think about sharing about having each other's back and how really that is the call of God, that is, that's the design of God, and, and you know, I'll, I'll explain that in a second, but all of a sudden the Lord just began to stir in my heart, you know, everyone's on different sides of the debate, you know, you're either super anxious or concerned or cautious or worried, fearful, or you're the opposite, you think there's a conspiracy theory, and, you know, it's, it's you know, let's fight everything and whatever, and, and, you know, many of you know my heart, which is, listen, I just keep my eyes on Jesus, use common sense, and just keep moving, move forward, man, just keep moving forward, that might be too simple for you, and I'm okay with that, simple faith, man. It's all that matters to me. But I recognize that those both ends could actually rob us of what God called us to and, and COVID. And I can see the enemy, if I'm being completely honest, I can see the enemy using this opportunity to wedge a major divide within the body of Christ because we are designed to be a body. Jesus taught that he you know he he spoke on the connectedness the importance of being connected and then of course you know Paul picks that up in 1 Corinthians and teaching the church in Corinth the value and the importance it should be a priority that we remind ourselves that we are the body of Christ Christ is the head we are many members different and all of us are different but together that's where the blessing is that's where you know that's where effectiveness happens is when we're doing this as the body of Christ, not disconnected, but unity. Unity is actually one of the biggest themes of the New Testament, especially after the death and resurrection of Jesus. One of the most important messages of the New Testament is the unity, and there's good reason why. And I can tell you right now, there are some that we've allowed, and I want to encourage you, if this is you, and don't have to, you know, I want you to raise your hand, and you don't need to send me an email, but listen to my heart. If you've allowed fear to keep you from fellowship, you're missing out. And at the same time, and I felt like God's saying, don't let fear keep you from fellowship, and don't let your frustration keep you from fellowship. Well, listen, man, I got I to gotta register, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm bothered with that. Listen, let go of those things. I don't like Zoom PC. It's not my, it's not my thing. I, I, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I don't like the video. I don't like people seeing my, on camera. And listen to me. Here is a subtle tactic of the enemy. Is he will use our fears or our frustrations and keep us from doing what we're called to do, which is to have each other's back. And if there's ever a season, in general I would say this, but if there's ever a season not to allow the enemy to drive a wedge, this is it. Because in the natural COVID can masquerade as this and it is, it's a sickness There's, it, it's legit, it's there but it can be used by the enemy in a very subtle way to drive a wedge into the body of Christ because he knows if I can dismantle the connectedness of the body of Christ then it can't be as effective that's the truth King Solomon understood that when he's reflecting here in Ecclesiastes this is his point 
Ecclesiastes, you know, the, the, the actual term for you know, or what Ecclesiastes means is this idea of, you know, someone who's standing before an assembly as a teacher or a pastor. And, and here is, you know, here is King Solomon at the end of his life and he's lamenting. And remember, King Solomon achieved great things on his own. In a life full of achievement, he's sitting back and he's reflecting on all the stuff that he's achieved. And now he's writing a book called Ecclesiastes and he has this phrase. I saw something else meaningless under the sun. Meaning I saw some things that, that just, they're of no advantage to you, they're of no gain to you, they don't help you, they don't benefit you, they don't, they just, it, does, it doesn't matter, it's useless, it's pointless. In fact, to be quite honest with you, if you really want to like just simplify it, he basically says, let me share a few things that I've learned over my life through achievement and everything else as I near the end of my life. And I want to teach you this, there are just some things that we're striving for that are just stupid. Because they don't benefit us. And he picks up on this theme and this situation. And you would think this is common sense. But man, you know what? It amazes me at times how common sense, it's true. Common sense is no longer common. You know, like I remember a few years ago seeing a label on a, on a, on a hair dryer. Not that I use a hair dryer a lot, but I remember seeing a label on a hair dryer. Do not use in the shower. Who used it in the shower? Like, you have to be a serious multitasker to be using, you know, the hairdryer while you're in the shower. I'm just saying. And you would think it's common sense. You don't need to put it on the label. That tells me somebody did it. Maybe more than one. Maybe somebody was, you know, the guy that created the hairdryer is going, oh, this is common sense. No one's going to use electricity in the shower. And then all of a sudden they get reports back. Yeah, there's one, two, about 50 people that have used it in the shower. So we need to put a label on it now. And you know, this message, would, you would think, what, what Solomon's even teaching here would make, it's just common sense. And we'll remind you of some things. Look at verse 9, in, in the NIV says this, that when there are two, because uh, the New Living Translation that's up on the screen, it talks about how, you know, two uh, can succeed more. The NIV says they have good return for their labor. It's favorable reward. I mean, it's just common sense, right? Kingdom significant or kingdom effectiveness has happened even more so when we focus on the we, not the gaming system, on the we versus the me. There's nothing better than watching people begin to pour into one another. We can see, we can see more than I can see. We can do more than I can do. Uh, you know, I, I think about moments, especially community groups, and I want to highlight, that was the other thing I was going to share today. You know, obviously because of some of the restrictions and regulations and, and, and uh, encouragements from a government, you know, most of our community groups are going to go to shift. They're just going to shift to online. And uh, there's a few that are going to start after the restrictions lift a little bit that will be in person. Then I totally understand that, and that's all great. Our leaders are ready to go. Um, and, but some said, listen, that's okay, we'll go ahead and we'll do the Zoom thing, and, and, and that's awesome. Or we'll use the church building, and we'll wear a mask, you see, it doesn't matter. And I love that. And I'm grateful for other leaders just saying, Pastor Craig, we'll wait till the restrictions are lifted. But man, as soon as it does, we're there, man. We want, we want to have people in our home. We want to love on them. We want to pray with them. We want to encourage them. I'm so grateful for that. But as you know, over the last number of, you know, uh, uh, last couple of years, there's been a major push on my part and leadership's part to really challenge 
community group. Because there are things in my life that I can't see, but somebody else might see it. And as they speak to me, there's more than I can accomplish in my life, in personal development, and also in ministry. When I think about youth leaders, and I think about, you know, uh, over the years, my, the greatest arsenal I ever had in youth ministry wasn't gifted people. It was I had this amazing, diverse group of leaders that while I was doing something, I knew that students' lives were being poured into. Think about Jesus. He had the 12. Jesus knew I need to pour into the 12 because when I'm gone and the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to need those in its exponential growth. And then even the apostles themselves, they took Jesus' lead and when they, they realized that the practical ministry was being, you know, was suffering. And so they said, well, let's get seven among them that will take care of the widows, the poor, the benevolent. Let's make sure that ministry is still happening while we are fanning out across the region with building and planting churches. And bringing the gospel to, to, to what Jesus said, to the uttermost parts of the earth. You can do a lot as an individual, but you will never be able to accomplish what you can do together. It's exponential. Here's another one. It, op it affects our, our resilience, our ability to rebound after being stretched or bent. Solomon says, listen, if one falls, the other can help. You know, it, the, the, uh, I think the NIV says, pity the man. I hear Mr. T in that moment. Pity the fool. I pity the fool. Totally aging myself right there, right? Like I'm dating myself right there, right? Meaning to have, he, he was saying, when he said pity the man, he said it's a sympathetic sorrow because he has no one to help him out. I remember years ago, we were, we were taking students on a hike, and my little sister, this is back when we were first in youth ministry, man, and my, my poor little sister, I was her first youth pastor. So if you, met, if you ever meet my little sister and you understand, like, you wonder why she's a little strange, that's because her brother was her youth pastor. That's just, that's just messed up, I'm just saying, right? And my little sister has this great sense of humor, and as we're walking along this trail, she takes one step, and all of a sudden she falls in this hole that was covered in snow, and it literally almost up to, you know, like her hip, like she's like right in there, one leg in, one leg out. And of course, like every good youth pastor and every good youth group, we all started laughing. And she started laughing. And while she's laughing, she's like, can you guys help me out? And we're all laughing because we're like, sure, like, you know, like, and we're, you know, and like for like five minutes, you know, she's laughing and, 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 you know, but she could not physically get herself out of this hole. It was impossible if she was alone. See, man, in this season, whether it's because of fear or frustration, there are ways to stay connected. And as the body of Christ, we need to take advantage of all of those ways. Use common sense and wisdom, absolutely. You know my heart, my heart is no matter where you are, whether you feel comfortable coming into the building and participating that way, or you're joining us online, man, we want to make sure that you know that no matter who you are, you are loved and we are going to continue to minister to you no matter what. There's no judgment at all in that. I've shared that with the staff for weeks. Listen, I don't care if someone wants to join us from home and, they, and that's, that's where their comfort level is or they're here. But listen to me. 
the body of Christ, we cannot let the enemy wedge a divide between us. And as we approach Thanksgiving or in Thanksgiving, and normally we're around our family, we could get frustrated and say, forget it, I'm not going to bother. No, listen, take the time. Pick up the phone, text somebody, send an email, drive by their house, wave at them, do what, send them a letter, go old school, man, get that postcard and pay 50 cents for a stamp or whatever it is. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the enemy is a subtle, 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 and I can't say that enough, adversary. And he's looking for ways to dismantle the kingdom of God. He hasn't stopped since the beginning. And Solomon says, don't waste your life building up for yourself what you should be building up together. Jesus comes along and he pulls in his 12. Paul and the, and the apostles, they begin to teach this lesson about the unity of the body of Christ, the value of the body of Christ. Where do you think that teaching came from? It came from Jesus. We walk in that. Our resilience, when we're going through tough times, man. Man, I, in fact, you know what? I wrote this down. Here's a thought. Maybe we would see greater longevity in faith if people knew that no matter what they walked through or how bad they messed up, someone inside the church has their back. And that is important. Here's the last two, passion. Two people come lying close together can keep each other warm. Desert nights in, in the Near East, the temperature would become extremely chilling at night. I just had this thought today, man, of, how many times has Abby walked into our room? We had a king bed. Sometimes I don't even notice that she gets in. Here's how I notice. Man, all of a sudden it gets hot in this bed, man. Like, like who's here? And it's Abby. Now it's not just two, it's three. It's warm. And I, and I, and I think what a, when I think about this, I think about the fact that maybe, maybe the value of the body of Christ, and in fact, not just maybe, I know that the value of the body of Christ is that when we do life together, we have the ability to keep our passion for God strong, encouraging one another, challenging one another. I wonder if the church would really be the church on fire if we made sure that it was a priority that we kept one another from growing cold. Here's the last one. Our strength. He says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend. Many times in the ancient times, they would travel in caravans because as they were traveling from city to city, it was common to have bandits that would come in and try to rob you. So they traveled in caravans so that they could protect one another. That, that right there. How many of us are facing challenges or Man, the enemy is warring against us, and you know, when you know 
that you're not alone and that there are others that are warring with you. You know, one of the best things in the last number of weeks that I've done is this campfire coffee and combos with Jesus. And we're gathering on that campfire. And I'm looking at the people that are there. And I'm looking at their heart and their passion for community church. And I know that as the enemy, and as we're sharing with one another and we're praying for one another, I feel like the enemy is, as the enemy's trying to take us out, I'm, I feel like I've got someone on my side defending me, fighting with me. There's something powerful about that. So this Thanksgiving, I'm going to ask you all to stand. This thank- Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.com.